beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. Hello, I am interviewing today sweet Olivia. She's a Florida native living in New York City with me, so we are actually recording live together right now. She's adorable in her green dress with her beautiful makeup done, and I'm (laughs) sitting over here, no makeup, hair in a bun, in my workout gear. I was like, Liv, you showed up like a blogger, and we're just doing our podcast. (laughs) It's fine. You still look just as beautiful as ever. Well, you're the sweetest. So for those of you who don't know, she is a fashion beauty and lifestyle blogger. She's killing the influencer game, but one thing that I love about Olivia and I speak so highly about is she's truly in a beautiful example of women supporting women. So we got connected because I moved to New York City as Miss USA and she reached out and she was like, oh my gosh, I used to compete in the Florida system and I live in New York City too. So if you need a friend, and I said, uh, duh, I need a friend. (laughs) And then since then she's, I mean, taken me under her wing and showed me New York and taught me everything she knows about influencer life. And from here, I will let her take it away and tell you about how she got into this position. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, it's true. When I moved to New York, it was just a little over a year ago. I moved here and I knew a handful of people, but you know, you want to branch out a little bit. And it's also kind of hard to make friends in New York City, which you wouldn't really expect because it's a huge city filled with so many people. But especially in this whole social media world, it's like, I want to be connected with people. And like, I want to make sure that I'm building friendships that, you know, help me be better and help my friends be better and that kind of thing. So when I saw that you were moving to New York City, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, so we have mutual friends in the first place, same mindset, like, you know, very similar career field, you'd be a really good friend for me to have. And then I knew, well, I didn't know for sure if you, you know, I didn't know if you had friends in New York or what, but I was like, I can be one. Amen. So I reached out and our friends. Thank gosh. I know. (laughs) I know. And it's crazy. Like really my career is what brought me to New York City. I was born in Long Island and I grew up in Florida. I went to Florida State University and I studied to be like an on-air reporter. And Through my internships, I just realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. When was that? Like college? Yeah, in college. Yeah. So my junior and senior year of college, I had two different on-air internships. So one was at a local news station and the other one was at a sports network, which was cooler. You know, it was a different kind of experience. I enjoyed them both. I just realized that I wasn't really getting the creative fix that I wanted out of a career with those jobs. So I was like, how can I come up with something else. And (laughs) at the same time, my Instagram was naturally growing. And I've always been the person that people go to, to ask me to ask about makeup or hair or whatever, because my friends always knew I did pageants. So I know how to do hair and I know how to do makeup. Naturally. Yeah. So it just was really natural. And that was how it all started. And I've always just naturally wanted to share the things that I love with people and whatever. So I essentially turned that into a career. And that's how I ended up in New York. I knew that if I was going to take this opportunity and run, I needed to be in the best city in the world, New York City. (laughs) Here I am. So you came with a job first though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a part-time internship at Pop Sugar when I first moved here. I was not ready to go full-time on my own. I needed some stable income. 
So once I locked down that internship, it was a paid internship. I knew that I could afford my groceries. I was like, okay, <laughs> now I really can go to New York. So that was the one job that I had while I was pursuing my influencer career at the same time. Crazy. How cool. I know. So before you moved, had you already started your blog? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my blog, I started when I was in college. So I've had the domain for a long time. Like my website's been there for, honestly, like longer than I can remember. Mm-hmm. I always had it when I was competing in pageants. And that was a place where I posted about my community service and things like that. So my website has evolved a lot so <laughs> throughout smart. the years. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted to be in more than one place than just social media. And especially back then, when I was really young, I wasn't really using social media very much. Mm-hmm. So it was like a better way for me to show, you know, the community service that I was doing and things like that. But um, yeah, it evolved into a blog over the years. And, you know, in college, it was much different. Um, I was posting when I felt like it, it was pretty random and whatever. But you know, now it's turned into more of a routine sort of thing. So it's definitely changed because it's your job now. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? I know. I'm very blessed. Like, it, it, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. And people always say like, Oh, you're so lucky. And I hate when people say that because you worked for this. Yes, I did. And it's just like anybody else who achieves like something that's really just awesome. It's like, the first thing a lot of people want to say is you're so lucky, but it's like, you're not lucky. And mm-hmm. I always am like, I know that I'm not lucky. I know you're not lucky. Like both of us have, have been blessed with these amazing opportunities. And it's like, okay, we're not lucky. Like we worked really freaking hard mm-hmm. for the things that we've achieved and we deserve that respect really. Absolutely. You know? We worked hard for it. God is good. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. not a huge luck thing. Oh, I completely absolutely. get where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. So I already know, but tell listeners like, you came with the internship. Mm-hmm. How long until you quit and you were like, I'm doing this thing full time? I was at my internship for about four months. <laughs> it's so awesome. I know. It was actually <laughs> kind of funny. It was a three month long internship. So I stayed for the three months. And to be honest, I thought they were going to offer me a full time job, but they offered me to extend my internship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've learned that's hmm. super common in New York. Oh, it's very common. Yeah. Because, Which is bonkers. Yeah. It, well, interns are cheap, so. Interns are cheap. And <laughs> if you've graduated and you're in New York City, it's it's kind of hard, I'm sure, to find mm-hmm. a job in the field you want. And totally. so I've had multiple friends tell me that. They yeah. offered to stay on as an intern for like six more months. Oh, yeah. It's totally a thing. And bonkers. so at that time, I wasn't ready to go full time either. I was getting I was getting close, but I was like, okay, I'm not ready yet. So I accepted the internship extension, mm-hmm. but I only stayed for about a month. <laughs> and then at that point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was making more money on my own. I was taking time off, which felt really weird as an intern to be <laughs> like, ah, uh, I have to go. Like I have to shoot this day and whatever. You know, it just yeah. started feeling like. I'm just not doing the right thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So I quit my internship, which was kind of weird. I've never had to quit an internship before, but <laughs> I did that. And then I've been full-time ever since. I feel like it's been almost nine months, something I, like that. I feel like you're going on a year, you know? Almost, yeah. You're going on almost a full year oh, of being yeah, a full-time maybe. successful badass blogger. Thank you. And here you are living in New York. Like, I feel as though I, of course, follow lots of influencers and bloggers mm-hmm. and stuff, and I never really know where they are, but I think it's even more amazing that you're based in New York City. Thank you. It's like the Mecca. Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting because when I was deciding where to live, I've always been an East Coast girl. You know, since I was born in New York, I always knew I was going to end up in New York City. (laughs) But when it came down to it, you know, there's like LA and there's New York City. And a lot of people don't realize New York City doesn't have as many influencers as people think. 
Like, LA is definitely super oversaturated. Yeah, with influencers. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. But New York, honestly, is really not like that. It's a much different sort of influencer demographic. So Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really proud to be a part of it. It's fun. Yeah, (laughs) that is so cool. So going back for a second, like when you were debating if you could do this full time, Mm -hmm. what were the factors that played into that? Like for our listeners that have no idea what blogging even is or like is blogging a real job, Yeah. how was it that you were figuring out if you could just do that full time? So it, there were a lot of factors that played into my decision to go full time or even to pursue it in the first place, honestly, because it's just, it's very, it's almost far fetched. You know, it just seems like a dream. It doesn't seem like it's a real job, especially to, you know, outsiders, like people who don't understand the industry don't understand that this is a real job. Older generations that don't understand social media completely. So that was one thing. It's like, people need to realize that this is a real career now. And Mm -hmm. this is the way that marketing is going. Like, this is it. Like, this is really it. And it's only growing. So I knew that I wanted to be a part of it, especially while, you know, influencers have been around forever, really, if you think about it. If you take away social media, influencers have always just been like celebrities. Mm -hmm. So now it's kind of like, anybody in a way is an influencer. It doesn't really matter how big your audience is. It just matters if you have influence on other people and there's a way to monetize that. So once I realized that and I realized the magnitude of it, I had my parents full support and I, I really couldn't have turned this into a career if it wasn't for their support because I needed them so bad when I first moved to New York. Like I can't, support myself on $15 an hour from absolutely an internship, you know, so I'm really, really, really blessed (laughs) that my parents see the vision. And they totally get it. They believe in me just like I believe in myself. So having their support, honestly, was one of the most important things for me. And I realized that that's something that some a lot of people don't have. So I'm so blessed for that. Mm. Like literally we'll be thanking my parents till the day I die. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, like if that was one thing was I knew that I had the support of my parents, they mm-hmm. see the vision and everything. So that was one thing. The other thing was I had to know that I really was going to make money. Yeah. You know? Like it's, it's just, it's something that you need to find consistency. You need to find like, what's the best way to put this? Like long-term partnerships is really important because then yeah. you know, you know what I mean? It's like, that's almost a paycheck in a way that you know is coming. Every it's not month. a one and done thing. Right. Which and that's is common. Yeah. It's very common. Life. Super common. It's like a big part of my career, but like when I was making that decision to switch over to full-time, it's like I needed to lock down things that were long-term that I knew were coming in. Mm-hmm. So that's like the logistical side of things. But then it was also a lifestyle change because a lot of other people don't realize that I'm alone a lot of the time. Like I'm working from home by myself and it can be very isolating, which is much different than any job I've ever had. I've mm-hmm. always been, you know, like I said, internships in a newsroom or things like that. I'm, I'm working with people, surrounded Constantly. by people all day. Yeah. And then the same thing with my internship, I was in an office filled with tons of people and working together and whatever. So now of course, part of my job, I'm working with people, but a lot of the time I'm not, and mm-hmm. I'll be alone. Some days it'll be, you know, two, maybe even three days in a row where I'm just like working from my computer in my apartment and it can be lonely for sure. And a lot of people How do you don't combat realize. that. So I like to go to coffee shops. That's mm-hmm. like an easy way. The to- park in the summer. Yes. The park in the summer. Oh my gosh. The other it's day time. I was walking around and there were a lot of people on their laptops mm-hmm. in the park and I was thinking to myself, I need to do this instead yes. of just being in my apartment. I know. We should go on location next time. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but if we recorded the pod in the park, it might be quite distracting for yeah. all those people. A lot of sounds. At the gym, they're like, 
why I feel like I'm listening <laughs> in the streets of New York City. <laughs> yeah, but it is nice, you know, just kind of like forcing yourself to get out there. But then mm-hmm. it's also, I, I feel like I call my mom a lot. That's definitely part of it. You know, if I'm ever in a lull or something, I finished a bunch of emails. I'm in between doing things. I'll just FaceTime my mom. It's nice to talk That's to good. somebody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So just little things like that kind of break up your day. And I'm going out exercising. You work out with a trainer. That's what I was about to say, yes. right? Yeah. So she's virtual. So she's not. Oh with my me. gosh! I know. Really? See, <laughs> it's isolating. Is that in your apartment? Um, I sometimes I do it at home, but okay. I usually go to the gym. It's right down my street, so That's it's good. so There's easy. People there. Yeah, exactly. So it's like there's so many things that I do and I implement in my daily routine so that mm-hmm. I'm not constantly alone. But yeah. it's definitely an effort that people don't realize, you know. And I think that goes so much to mental health too. Like mm-hmm. no matter what field you're in, you have to make those decisions and almost make those plans for your day to like go in the right direction for yourself. Oh yeah, 100%. And it sounds harder or it sounds easier than it actually is. It can be much yeah. harder. So I applaud totally. you for that. Thank you. For taking being <laughs> bold and like taking that jump. So tell me about your first ever, because I'm sure you remember this, first ever paid deal. Oh my God. It's funny. It's <laughs> okay. like actually funny. Okay. So it was when I was in college, honestly, I don't remember how many followers I had, but it wasn't much. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I got paid 20 bucks to post a picture of tea. It was one of those tea talks things. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was my first part. And I did that every month for, I don't even, honestly, I don't know how long, but I would make like 20 bucks. Nice. I was like, okay. But honestly, you know, I, it's not the kind of partnership I would do anymore. It's not really aligned with what I'm interested in. But at the time it was really cool because even though I wasn't making very much money, I was learning how to communicate with a brand and, you know, getting photo approvals and writing Mm. captions and things like that. So I totally learned the very basic beginning steps from that partnership. But it is really funny looking back, especially when those photos pop up in my time hop. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've evolved. (laughs) (laughs) That is really funny. And that's even an example of a long-term partnership. You did it every Mm -hmm. month. Exactly. Interesting. Mm -hmm. How cool. Okay. So what is your advice to listeners that are like, wait, so you're sitting here telling me that you didn't have following and you built it. Right. How did you do it? Yeah. So I get that question all the time and people think it's impossible and it's not like I literally had zero followers one day. I really <laughs> did, you know, and you know, over time I've accumulated 109,000 something followers. And I mean, it took a lot of time and it took a lot of patience, but what I can tell you, when you moved to New York about where were you sitting? I think I was at 80 okay. ish, 80 ish when I moved here. So it's been, you know, up and up since then, which is great. And I think consistency has a lot to do with that. Um, I think, what else? Consistency being yourself, for sure. Because a lot of people try to be like other influencers, but that's really not going to get you anywhere. You have to be different. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. You Mm -hmm. really can't enter this space trying to be like other people because there's already a lot of that. They're already out there. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of it. So you don't want to fall into that because you're not different and you're not really, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just have to be yourself and then you are different, like in your mm-hmm. own beautiful way. And that's literally the best piece of advice. But aside from that, I think providing value for your followers. So giving them something like teaching them something every day, whether it's your skincare routine or whatever it may be that you're interested in. If it's music, you know, sing a song or play a play a song on the piano or whatever it may be with that or um, fitness routines, 
meals, you know, recipes, mm-hmm. things like that. Anything that you can provide value and like teach your followers something. That's how you get them to keep coming back because they're learning things from you. But I think the other most important thing, there's a lot of important things here, but another <laughs> one, <laughs> another one is to make sure that your your community is like positive. Mm. To have like a community, to create a space on social media that's positive is really important because I think sometimes people get sucked into influencers who really don't share positive things and they're just showing sort of the impossible, like the unachievable beauty and those sorts of things. And then mm. the followers that get stuck in there sort of start lacking, like in the mental health and like they start suffering right. from those different areas. So creating a positive space on your own platforms is really important because you're going to create a fan base or an audience that lasts for a really long time and people that genuinely love you mm-hmm. and people that, you know, they feel good about themselves because they follow you and you teach them these things. And they feel like they know you. They right. feel like your yeah. best friends. Exactly. That's like one of the most important things for mm-hmm. sure. So on that note, feeling like your best friends, what yeah. about the DMs? Uh, oh, <laughs> do you respond to them? What about yes. the filtered DMs? So I respond to DMs when people ask me real questions. But not like, hey. Yeah, like if you're if you're going to message me, hey, I'm not going to respond because I'm, I'm not sitting around like, hey, I what's up? You know, yeah, I don't have time. But, like, if people are coming to me and they're asking me a question or they need a friend or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that, I always respond. But I don't I don't answer when, like, the guys slide through the DMs. That doesn't work over here. <laughs> That's good. Good. No, take it. So what about you were talking about the positive space and, like, all of that. What about the block button? Have you dealt with haters on social? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? Even because I don't see it. I don't right. see that on your stuff. Yeah. Ever. I've, I've definitely sort of fostered a positive community of people. Like I don't have it very often, but I definitely have it. And I'm, I love the block button. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, it, I don't have to deal with it. It's gone. You know, it's dead and gone once I block people. And I think, you know, more people should practice that instead of feeding into people's mm-hmm. negative energy on your own space. That's the other thing. It's like, it's my Instagram and it's public. But if you're going to come on and give me a negative comment, I don't want that there. It's still my space. Absolutely. So bye. <laughs> and then all the other people that are reading it right. too. Like mm-hmm. it's their their space for positivity. Right. Exactly. So Ugh. I don't allow negativity on my feed ever. I so, love that. Yeah. So I, I block people all the time. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had this <laughs> <laughs> and I've had this problem even before my Instagram became what it was. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing people don't realize. They look at me and they're like, oh, this pretty girl living the dream in New York City like has no problems. But it's like growing up, I wasn't always like this. I (laughs) I really wasn't. Like I was picked on growing up. I was always bullied. People were always mean to me. And Mm. I had these struggles on social media from literally day one. So it's something I've dealt with in, you know, from a very personal aspect before my Instagram was anything like a job to now where it's like complete strangers. Mm -hmm. So it's evolved and I really don't feel like I face it very much because I have, you know, accumulated a lot of like-minded positive people, but I still do. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone does. Everybody does. Absolutely. And in their different realms. But Mm -hmm. so for the younger girls that are listening that are thinking, oh wait, you were picked on on social too? Mm -hmm. Like if they're in high school right now, in what capacity are you willing to share? Oh yeah. So I will never forget the worst that I ever had. There was a girl and this was when I was in, um, I was probably 15 or 16. I was really young. Okay. And there was a girl who would send me screenshots from my own Instagram 
of me, photos of me telling me that I'm not a woman because I don't have real curves and no man's ever going to love me and blah, blah, blah. Just, she had her own issues. But she sent clearly. you screenshots of it? She yeah, didn't of my comment own on stuff. your stuff. There, there was kind of both. But, like, the, the worst was when it was sent directly to me, like, right. photos of my social media to me. That was, like, the worst so that I ever faced. odd. It was terrible. Like, and I didn't tell anybody either because I was embarrassed. I'm like, because she was like, one of the cool girls at school. So she went to school with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for a couple of years, yeah. Isn't it mind-boggling to think of these people? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, what did she want to get out of that? I don't know. Did she consider you a friend of hers? Um, I think at one point, yes. We, I know, it's like so insane. <laughs> at it, one point, probably. Yeah, so it was, that was definitely the worst that I ever had. But I mean, talking about people who actually have commented on my social media and whatever, I've totally had that too. And then people reposting my photos and saying mean things, I've had that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on, the yeah. kind of bullies that are on social media. Mm-hmm. So just block out the trolls. Block out the haters. Get them away. Because I I really do think, too, if if there are multiple negative comments on a Mm -hmm. photo, I feel like that fuels the negative fire. Oh, totally. And then that's when people feel like they can comment Mm -hmm. icky things on your stuff. Oh, totally. If it's not there, then they're just like this secluded Right. And I've also had – one time I had a negative comment that I didn't even see, and then it started like a fight under my photo so like it was nice that I had people defending me you know because my audience <laughs> likes me I like them well too. they choose to follow you right exactly so. so it was kind of nice that I had people defending me but at mm-hmm. the same time I have like a fight going on in my comments and which I'm is like, not oh, good because no, what if I don't it, want that yeah what if it were a brand's photo right exactly it wasn't in that case but like if it That's was good yeah, that would have been even worse. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. something to think about too that I've never thought about is talking about trolls on trolls on social is if it's a branded photo, if that's a partnership of yours. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've ever encountered when no, looking for I really brand partnerships? That. That's good. Mm-mm. That's so good. I feel like I've seen in terms somewhere though. Like if you if you're getting a partnership or whatever, I feel like I've come across some terms that are like oh, no negative comments or no, you know, block out comments about this or that or whatever. I feel like I've seen that before, but I've never really had to control the comment section like like crazy. Ever. God bless for You that. know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So to people that are thinking about starting their own blog, their own domain, do you suggest they start sharing about it publicly right away? Did you kind of keep yours under wraps until it was, Mm-mm. you know – yeah, just do it. Like <laughs> just I do it. I just did it. I think that's the best way to do it. It doesn't need to be secretive. I think the sooner that you start putting out content, the better. The more excited you're going to be. Like once your viewers start climbing, it just becomes more and more rewarding. Mm-hmm. So like why hide it? Why wait? Like just do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you ever feel like there are certain aspects of your life that you don't share that you kind of wish you could? Yeah, I feel like that a lot. Like, I I feel like there's some personal, like, things that go on in my life that I'm like, I really don't want to put it on social media. But at the same time, I battle with that because I want to be as open and vulnerable as possible with my audience so that they can Mm -hmm. get to know me as well as possible over the internet. Right. You know what I mean? So it's honestly something I battle with almost every day, I feel like. And at the same time, I do value having some privacy in my life. So it's kind of a battle. Right, because you're this influencer that people, like I said, think mm-hmm. that they're your best you're their best friend. Right. Sometimes. But also you need to have like a healthy balance. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
like with relationships on social and everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So thinking back to your first tea campaign. Yes. <laughs> did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? Yeah, they reached out to me. Okay. So is that mm-hmm. kind of how you've been blessed in that way or how have you learned to reach out? Is it through DMs? Is it emails? What's that look it's like? almost always email. So I have my email address in my Instagram bio in two places. So if a brand DMs me, I always just say, please email me. It's so much easier to keep track of business that way. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's more professional. Um, And you can also kind of make sure it's legit if you have their email address. Right. It's kind of like a security thing as well. So um, I always handle my business over email. A lot of it does come straight direct to me, but I have learned how to pitch myself. And that's become a part of my job. And that's such a, I mean, confidence. Yeah. You have to be so confident to do that. I know. How did you really find that inner strength and confidence in order to be able to do such a thing? I just realized the answer will always be no if Mm. you never ask. Yes. So. (laughs) So when you're sending these pitching emails, you essentially, I'm I'm guessing, feel like you sell yourself and your brand? Big time. Yeah. So I lay it all out there. So I do my research. I make sure that I have some kind of contact if I can. If not, there've been so many times where I'll just go on a brand's website and find a very general customer service email. Info at the brand. Exactly. Like that happens all the time. And I'll just email them and be like, Hey, can you connect me to your influencer relations person or your PR or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, you know, and they usually do. And that's how you get somebody's contact. So Sometimes it takes some research and trying to like really dig through these websites to find contacts. But once you have that, it's all about like giving them an idea, telling them why you love the brand, why you're a good fit, talking about your audience and why it's good for them and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Because it, it goes so many different ways that you want the partnership to be the right one and you can show them the value that you provide for them and why it's worth it for them to pay you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when you send that initial pitch email, are you putting a price in there? Um, no. No? I feel like I don't ever put a price in the first email because sometimes it's good to ask about their budgets. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. if they don't have one at all, then you don't <laughs> want to waste your time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I feel like that gives you a good idea of like what you can really offer your rates. Like if you can give them your full rates or if it's something you're really passionate about, but you know that they don't really have a budget, maybe you can work with them a little bit or you can do a discounted rate for a package of posts, if you mm-hmm. will, you know, story posts and a video post or of course. whatever it may be. Yeah. So there's definitely ways where you can learn what a brand's budget is and then sort of, I don't think you should ever really compromise your rates, though, at the same time. It just really depends on the partnership. Like if you're working with a nonprofit. Right. Yeah, or exactly. Something. Mm-hmm. If you're going to host a nonprofit event or something. Right. That's it's different. different. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, your morals, that's different. <laughs> right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Like if you – I know you love doggies. Yeah. So if you were doing something with, like, the Humane Society or something, hopefully they wouldn't – I can see them not being able to pay you the same. Right. But, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So it really just depends on the partnership. That's so cool. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Now, how did you learn all of this? I trial and error. Okay. Honestly, I feel like so much of this I figured out on my own, to be honest. But there, the, there are a few people in the industry that have guided me. One of which is the president and founder of Socialite. Her name's Becca Alexander. 
she is such a badass and <laughs> she knows everything. Like she, I could listen to her talk about the business forever. And, um, I met her at a panel. This was in February, 2018. Yeah. February, 2018. I just met her. Just before you moved up here. Just, it was just a couple months before I moved here. Yeah. So I met her. Um, I already knew all about her company, Socialite. I'm obsessed with everything that they do. I'm just, I think they're so amazing. So I knew all about her already, but I listened to her speak and I met her afterwards and you know, she really liked me. And I think she believed in me from the very day that she met me, which was really, really cool. And she's been so generous in being sort of a mentor for me ever since then. So, and I signed with Socialite in January. Thank you. I know. It's so exciting. It's like a dream to So for our listeners that have no idea what we're talking about. Yes. Signing with Socialite, what does that mean? So they are an agency and they are, so I have a manager now and they also, um, they run campaigns for brands. So they kind of do, they have two different sides of the business. So it's really cool to have representation by such an incredible team. So they're working really hard for me and I'm working really hard for them. So Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really awesome. But Becca's been someone who's guided me through a lot of this over the last, you know, year or so. So that's through individual mentorship, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just go into the office and she would give me, you know, 30 minutes or an hour of her time and she Mm -hmm. would answer all my questions and she would give me advice and I would take her advice every time. And, you know, then I would see her a couple months later and we would update and she would give me more (laughs) advice and I would take more of her advice. And, you know, and it really, she's been a huge part of helping me understand the industry and Mm -hmm. how to navigate it because it is so it's just so much. There's so many moving parts in this job. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know I've seen lots of resources online of like other bloggers that share Mm -hmm. their tips and tricks of how to get started and stuff too. Did you ever utilize like written sources or even podcasts? There is a YouTube video. Yeah. So, um, a drink with James, it's by James Nord. He's the CEO of four. So I love his videos. He covers pretty much everything. <laughs> and yeah, those are those are a great resource for anyone to use if anyone wants to get started in this industry. It's accessible to anyone. Um, I love them. He's so funny. He's one <laughs> of my friends. So he's also been like a mentor to me over the last year because um, I just reached out to him one day. I'd been watching his YouTube videos for a while. I was coming to New York. I sent him an email and I was like, hey, I'm coming. Like, can we meet? And he's like, sure. So I had an hour long meeting with him. And then, you know, he gave me a lot of advice and I took his advice too. And we've been friends ever since. So I think networking has also been a huge part of this job and my success. And I've listened to some of their podcasts yeah. before podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're quite entertaining. Yes. I know they have one that's like off the cuff for mm-hmm. podcasts where they're like drinking and doing the show or oh, something yes. like that. It's more yep. funny. Um, okay. So all of those logistics, I hope that our listeners have gotten something out of. But now we've heard your funniest and first ever brand relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, what's been the one that, like, made you cry tears of joy that you were so excited about that you never thought you'd even be able to obtain that now you can say that you have? There's kind of a few. That's so beautiful. I know. Thank you. Like, I just did a campaign with Bulgari, which was really cool. So they dressed me in diamonds that I've never touched anything like it. <laughs> so that was really, really cool. I got to go to two really fun events. 
So I went to the Tribeca Film Festival for one. I walked my first red carpet there. It was really cool. So things like that make me take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, this is my job. Mm -hmm. It's insane. That was really cool. That was one thing that I was like, wow, this is real. Like this is a real thing. And is that one that your agency got for you or that you got? I got that one. That one Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's so exciting. And especially, like, I get some makeup campaigns. And those always, too, always make me feel like, how, how me? Like, it's just a crazy mm-hmm. thing. Like, I've gotten campaigns with Bobby Brown and Smashbox. And, like, these are makeup brands that I've been using forever. Oh, absolutely. So now they're my partners. And it's like, that's the coolest thing. They're in your email. Inbox. Yeah. Yeah. It's bonkers. I know. Go you. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. So (laughs) when you're done for the day, all of your emails are done and you've posted the content that you have to and you've started collecting what you have to the next day. Mm -hmm. What do you do at the end of the day? Oh my gosh. Do you still scroll through social? Do you hang out with your girlfriends? What do you like to do at the end of the day before you like go to bed at night? I hang out with my roommate Piper. (laughs) We call it wife time. (laughs) (laughs) So we, because we get home, she gets home from work about the same time that I finish up. Pretty much every day, um, you know, depending on our schedules. But for the most part, same time. We always make dinner together, like, at the same time. So we eat dinner together. We have our shows. We're watching The Sopranos right now. Okay. Yeah, so we have our shows. I always have a face mask on, you know. I just like to chill at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely still scrolling through social because I do genuinely enjoy connecting with my audience. So I'm always responding to comments and DMs and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's something that I feel like never really turns off. Interesting. But I enjoy it. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like I'm working or anything. It's just that I genuinely like to talk to my followers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about limits? Like if you're at a dinner with people, like a formal Mm -hmm. dinner, is that a time when you're not on it? Yeah, not on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. No. (laughs) That's something I I feel like younger generations, not necessarily only younger generations, just people in general need to or can kind of struggle with the balance and like, where's the boundary lines? Right. Yeah, I know. I totally (laughs) have boundaries with how often I'm using my phone because I cannot be on it all day. I will go crazy. So there's a few things that I've implemented into my routine to make it so that it's not too much. Mm -hmm. So one is I don't spend too much time on social in the mornings. So I like to have my mornings, I like to have my hazelnut coffee and do my makeup and listen to music or a podcast or something like that, you know, whatever. So I'm less on my phone in the mornings. I'm pretty much on it almost all day, but not when I'm at the gym. Um, I go to therapy once a week, which has been one of the best things that I've ever done. So that's another hour out of my, yes, huge advocate. It is for anybody and everybody, you know, absolutely. Like there should not be a stigma with therapy. It's awesome. I think we're getting better at it. Yeah, totally. I really agree. I I think so. I really think so too. But that's like that's like another time. It's like I put my phone away for that and think you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm definitely not always on it and I know when I need to take a break. Yeah. So at those nights after wife time, do you guys ever indulge in like sweets? Oh my god, we're the worst. <laughs> we are literally the worst. She's gonna listen to this and laugh. Milk bar is right down oh, the street. Stop. They closed mm-hmm. the one next to my old apartment. Really? They closed it. Which I honestly Why? think might be a good thing because Kaylin Miller Keys, one of my best friends, she and I, like whenever she'd come to New York and visit, we'd always go get the truffles only multiple times. Like they're she'd come so in town good. and then we needed it. And then before she left, we needed it again. So it's probably good that it's not there anymore. But I'm not near any wow. milk bar or Froyo. 
well, I am. <laughs> so I'll come over. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy to get to my apartment from here. So you can come over and we can have milk bar. That's our it. that's our go-to. But there's also just this random bakery on our street. So and cool. it's, you know, you pick your cupcake and you get pick what kind of icing. It's almost like Chipotle for cupcakes, I feel like. Oh, Except fun. smaller. It's like smaller scale. But you know what mm. I mean. It's so good. Things like that. Love that. The bomb. Yeah. Okay. So the two questions I ask everyone. One, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Moose tracks, hands down. What is that? You've never had moose tracks? No. I grew up on moose tracks. It's vanilla ice cream and it has cho- like chunks of chocolate okay. in it and Reese's. Oh. And is that it? Yeah, I think Who so. Who makes it? I, I think it's just kind of random. I've gotten. You can get multiple brands of moose tracks. Yeah. Who knew? I know. I'm it's it's it totally a flavor, and we should get it. I'm a big Reese's person. So am I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. good. And on a different note. Yeah. More than a crown for me, I have learned and am learning that I'm more than that year as Miss USA. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the night, at the end of the day, every day, what is it right now, at this moment in your life, in this season, that you're needing to remind yourself that you're more than? There's two things. Okay. Is this allowed? Of course. I'm no more rules. Than, yes, I'm Limitless. more than two things. One, on the topic of social media, I'm more than Instagram. I'm more yeah. than an influencer. And I feel like that's sort of an easy answer to say right now, but it's very true. And it's something that I have to remind myself every day mm-hmm. because a lot of people, like, I'll meet somebody new that, and I'll meet, you know, through a friend and my friend will be like, oh, Olivia's an influencer. And I'm always like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want that to be the first thing that people think about me or like know about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I have to remind myself of every day. It's like, I'm much more than that. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm you know, a daughter of God. I'm, you know, all of these things that it's so much bigger and so much more Amen. than Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that I, I wish a lot of people would think about more than just being like, Oh, Olivia, the influencer. I'm just, I'm Olivia Caputo. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm more than that. I'm Absolutely. a human being with like an actual, you know, more than just my job, mm-hmm. you know, but that's one thing. The other thing that I think is bigger than that. And it's something that I've been like really focusing on these days is like I'm more than my anxiety. Oh yeah. And I have a really cool campaign coming out soon. Okay. Stay tuned where I will talk a lot about this, but I think it's really important to get rid of the stigma of mental health. I've dealt with anxiety for my whole entire life. And I think it's important that people know that Mm -hmm. because if I'm blessed to have this platform, I'm damn well going to use it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about these things and I want other people to be able to relate to that. And I'm much more than an anxious person. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. Totally. And everybody is. Anybody who suffers from any mental health issue is much more and much bigger than anything that might be going on in their mind. I That's applaud just a you. little piece. Thank you. Amen. It Aww. is. It totally is. And I think there are times when if you suffer from anxiety, you yourself can feel like that's overwhelming and right. taking over everything. And so mm-hmm. I love you for sharing that and for being vulnerable and sharing that you're more than that because you absolutely are. Thank you. I know that sometimes it can be so overwhelming, like literally physically overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that might make you laugh is when I told my mom I wanted to stay in New York City, she was like, I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't wrap my mind around someone with anxiety living in such an anxious city. Yes. And I was like, oh but my it's gosh. not. It's it so, isn't that's provoking really for me. Funny. It's really not. Me neither. It's really not. Like this, honestly, I find so much calmness in New York City. I really do. Is it it's kind of cool to be in a really crazy, hectic city 
but still I find so much peace in it at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's people everywhere. Yeah. Like if you need to, like we said, go to the park, you can mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. So what are the things we, I know we talked about therapy. We talked about self care mm-hmm. and just reminding yourself. Mm-hmm. that you're more than that yeah that's beautiful thank you well thank you so much so where can our listeners continue to follow you instagram <laughs> baby <laughs> olivia underscore caputo caputo and my blog is oliviacaputo.com yes. subscribe please subscribe <laughs> beautiful so just when you say that emails I think there's a spot on my website. Just redid it. Beautiful. Might have to take a look at that and double check. Grand spanking new. Y'all go check it out. But (laughs) if you love today's episode, please tell your friends and subscribe and share an Instagram story wherever you're listening. If you're on the elliptical at the gym or you're driving, wait until after you're done driving and then tag at more than a crown for a chance to be reposted. Have a beautiful day and don't forget to share a smile. Thanks, Olivia.